is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Unwinding. How are we doing? How is your week going? I am, I love how I always just have to tell you how I am, you know? I'm about to go get my second dose of the vaccine because a bitch is about to be vaxxed. Wait, what is it? It's vaxxed girl summer. What is it? Vaxxed and waxed, except I don't get waxed because that shit fucking hurts. I get lasered, which hurts a lot too, but like it's so much quicker and the results are more permanent, you know? But I did hear some nonsense. I heard that after you get pregnant, all that shit like goes away, all the hard work and all the 12 sessions go away and then you have to do it again. Not excited about that. Thankfully, I don't have to worry about that because I'm missing like a really crucial ingredient for that to happen. Anyway, hello. I'm so excited for this episode. So we have my beautiful friend Andy on for this um, can I speak for this episode? Okay. And so long story short, sorry, I'm like a little tongue tied cause I'm very caffeinated. So Andy is, I met her because she is two of my best friends, sister. And we met like, I think two years ago. I can't even remember. It was pre COVID. We met, we got so drunk. It was so fun. And she is a psychologist. She's not actively practicing right now because she is in a different role. However, we had such an incredible conversation about confidence and like we literally go so deep and so specific like confidence and gender confidence and your upbringing confidence and culture confidence and just like so many things and what it really means and how you can practice it and how it how it can be cultivated and I just like everything she gave so many tools and so much insight and I think you guys are going to love this one and I I know we're like on a confidence kick right so yeah I thought it was like just so appropriate and I honestly loved this so much and I think you're gonna find you're gonna be able to take something out of this no matter what no matter if you're a confident bitch already or if you want more confidence it doesn't matter there's something in here for everyone so I can't wait for you guys to listen to it please let me know what you think and as always, thank you so much for being here. I love you guys. And um, yeah, I will see you next week, next Monday. I'll see you next Monday and next Thursday. Um, okay, I'm going to wrap this up because it is a longer episode, but there was just like too much, too much to talk about. You know what I mean? Okay, love you guys. And she also recommended a book that I'm going to link in the show notes because I just ordered it. It sounds amazing. And if you enjoy this conversation, then definitely check it out. Um, so yeah, that's it. Love you guys and enjoy the episode. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Unwinding. How are we doing today? Great. It's a very sunny <laughs> afternoon. We're both very hungover. Yep, a little bit, definitely. But nothing better than an Antium can't solve. So here, live. Okay, Andy, tell, tell everybody how we know each other. Okay. That's a nice part of the story. Yeah, that's an it's a, yeah, it's an interesting story actually. So 
my sisters live, well, one still lives in Miami, the other one's not living in Miami right now, but they, you, you didn't know them before, right? No. Yeah, no. you met, you met like them I, I knew who Miami. they were, yeah, I knew who they were, because Costa Rica is so small, and it's such a small country, like, you hear people's names, and you know who people are, but we had never met before, I never uh, met them. Okay, yeah. yeah, so that's how I know Lisa, because I went to visit my sisters I don't know that was like probably time flies by I think that was like yeah. two was years 20, ago already it, yeah because oh. it was it was pre it was pre-covid because we went out and it was so much fun and we all got really drunk oh god um <laughs> so yeah so I invited Andy on to the to the podcast today because she is actually you tell me so you're a psychologist right yeah a therapist psychologist what's the right terminology I never know I'm a psychologist I don't this is super like ironic but I don't like clinical psychology so okay I don't like I don't give therapy and I've worked I've worked in market research now I'm working as a consultant in you know like organizational topics so it it all has what is that what does that what does that look like organizational topics like what does that mean yeah so I, I work at McKinsey and we have like this tool that that's called organizational health index and it just you know like you can you can tell organizations how how they're operating you know like a healthy organization performs much better than unhealthy organizations so it's like a diagnostic so you give them like okay so here's where you're at in organizational health in comparison to other organizations that have taken the survey and this is like what you need to work these are your strengths these are your weaknesses so it has to do, like people think it has it it's, has to do a lot with hr and it does there's a huge part that has to do with hr i don't know like talent acquisition motivation work environment but then there's like a whole there's a, there's like nine things that we measure and it's it has to do with uh, coordination within the organization, leadership, innovation. Um, Super layered. You know. There's a lot of different. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of this. Yeah, exactly. So okay. and really, really quick. Why, I'm sure the answer to this is very complex, but in a nutshell, why do you say you don't like clinical psychology? Okay, that's a great question. I when when I used to study psychology, there when when you get to the therapy modules per se, mm-hmm. you can choose. There's a lot of paradigms in psychology, right? So you have like um, psychoanalysis, then you have more behavioral therapy, you have humanism. Right. So it's it's like a lot of paradigms and you you get to choose whatever you like. And some people are very eclectic and they like to mix a little bit of everything. Um, but for those specific co- courses, for some reason, I just, I just felt like so drawn to psychoanalysis and I hated it. <laughs> absolutely hate it giving therapy with that specific paradigm because it's very like you just listen and listen and listen and then you have to do like some interventions here and there but you're like very passive I would say right Right. um maybe if I would have done it with another paradigm such as I don't know like um cognitive therapy behavioral therapy probably would have been it would have been different but I don't know. I never, you know, like I never enjoyed it. I never felt passionate yeah. about it. 
But I still yeah. feel super passionate about topics that have to do with psychology. So right. I still do a lot of research. Um, I, I do see myself someday coaching. Not like therapy, but coaching. So there's yeah. a lot of coaches right now. And it's very controversial because it's like, Okay, so you're a coach, but you're not a therapist. So right. what? Yeah. Who regulates you? Life, life coaches, right? Like that's exactly. a thing now. You see, you see that everywhere on social media. And yeah. I was thinking about this too the other day, um, and I was like, well, what's you know, what's stopping someone from just calling themselves a life coach when they can just do that and get probably credited somewhere online? I don't know how it works exactly. Instead of going to school for probably what five plus years and getting um and getting your degree as a psychologist or a therapist um yeah it's like where where is the line like where yeah i don't know yeah and at least i don't know how it works in the u.s and i'm sure it's much more like stricter than it is here but here when you like when you do therapy when you give therapy you have to be subscribed in the like in the psychology college of I don't even know how you say that in English but you have to be you have to pay a subscription and you have to you know like there's a lot of courses like ethics courses that you have to take and if like if you screw up they will take your case to that to this organization and I mean you you can get sued it's it has to be regulated right it's very yeah, yeah it's very very strict so it's not something you play with like you're you're I mean, it's people's lives, and if you're not certified to do that, like, I wouldn't even feel comfortable giving a therapy right now, just because I feel like I studied so long ago psychology, and I just feel that I would need some type of another, you know, specialty or another degree, very another training or something. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like I I don't even feel comfortable. Like I know the theory. I know, I know everything, but I do know that I know this for a fact that people that go into, you know, like clinical psychology, they, they just, they don't just study psychology here, the bachelor's degree and go into therapy right away. Like they go and prepare themselves a little bit more specialize yeah they specialize because they, they give you a taste of everything so it's very nice because you have a you know like information about every little thing that you can do with psychology but mm-hmm. you never get to deep dive a lot so I think that's super important for sure and so one of the biggest topics that we were talking about that we wanted to kind of chat about in this episode is confidence and I told you, like, it's so, it's so, it's something that I, it, it almost, like, fascinates me because, and I know that sounds weird, but I was, I had a very, um, I think, wrong definition of what I thought confidence meant. And I think it can mean something different to everybody, and we'll get specific with it with you in a second. But I, for so long, just kind of thought, like, I guess I didn't understand when people would say to me, like, confidence is a mindset. Because in my head, I was like, and I want to hear if you think that's true or not. And I'm sure like it's so much more layered, you know, for sure. If we're getting like, if we're getting deep into like the psychology of it, I know it's probably so much more complicated. But, you know, I have kind of this year come to realize like it kind of, it, for me, it's, it is it is a mindset. Like 
it's, I used to think I was going to attain it one day when I like looked a certain way, you know, that's what I thought for so long, for years, is it was like, I will finally feel super confident when I look at, like X, Y, and Z. And then when I finally looked like X, Y, and Z, I still wasn't confident. And so, and I, and I only kind of unpacked that when I started going to therapy. Um, and my therapist made me realize like, you see, like you thought you were going to have all these things once your body looked a certain way, because for me, that's what it revolved around. And she was like, and then you got there and you, and you still weren't satisfied. You still wanted more. So that shows you that all of these things that you thought you were going to attain, it's not about your body and it's way more layered than that. So anyway, I would love to hear your definition of what confidence is. And if you do think that in a way it is a mindset or not. Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I, I think we're going to tap into that like later on about it being a mindset because it definitely is. And it's funny because confidence is one of those things that you can pinpoint so easily in someone, but then it's so hard to define it, yeah. right? Right? Like, yeah. You yeah. see someone who is confident. It's like an energy. It's like an, it's like an energy that somebody gives you and you're like, but like, how do I do that? Like, cause it, everybody shows their confidence in a different way. And sorry, one more thing is I think also people associate like, ex- like extroverted people or like more outgoing people with confidence automatically. And that's not always, like, I want to talk about that too, how that's not always the case. And just because you're the loudest one in the room doesn't mean you're full of confidence. In fact, I find sometimes those people are the ones that are the most insecure um, and, and, and vice versa, right? Like, just because you might keep to yourself or be more introverted or be more quiet, like, that doesn't mean that you still can't be confident or still not have confidence. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. For me, Lisa, um, confidence is acting and acting regardless of, in spite of, in spite of what people might say, what people might think, in spite of that maybe you can screw up, you know, and, yeah. and you still do it. So to me, that is confidence. And there's a great book. I, I think I, I sent it to you. It's called yeah. The Confidence Code. So a lot about a lot of what I'm talking about comes from that book because it's it's just so amazing. It has so much research. Um I it. it's so good. The authors are called um Katie K and the other one I have it here, Claire Shipman. It's amazing. The book is amazing. And and yes, confidence has a lot to do with acting and what it makes me think is what comes before, right? It's sort of like the dilemma of the egg or the chicken, right? Or the hen. Yeah, the hen. <laughs> it's like people think that they need confidence to do things. But yes. you need to start doing things to become more confident, right? Yes. So oh, it's, yes. kind of, it's kind of confusing because you're like, well, I don't feel confident enough to take this job or to speak up in a meeting with a lot of important people. But then mm-hmm. if you never do it, you'll never master it and you'll never feel right. that you've got the grip of it. So you have to put yourself out there. So confidence yeah. is acting in spite of everything, in spite of what people might say, whatever. You just go ahead and do it. You put yourself out there. I love that. And what I feel like people will say and I probably would have said this too, like a year ago and been like, well, that's easier said than done, right? Like that's so much easier to say than to do. So like, you know, for someone who doesn't feel confident whatsoever and thinks that they, thinks that they can't just act. And I think that's a limitation. I think that's like a limitation that sometimes people like 
I don't know, I think we learn, we learn limitations over time, be it through our family or different experiences or how we're raised or whatever it might be. Like, we, we all go through different things, right? But I think sometimes we think that we can't do something. And I think it's almost the narrative that we've told ourselves for so long, so then we believe it, right? So what would you say to somebody who's like, I just can't, like, I just, I'm not confident and I don't think it's a mindset and I, I can't, how do I act? Like, how do I act, you know? And, and like you said, it's so hard to put it into words, but what would you say to somebody who just feels like, like that's such a hard step to take? When in doubt, do something, anything, whatever, but do something. Don't Baby say- steps. Yeah, baby steps. Like, you know, we're used to wanting to, like, we want to achieve so much in such a short time. And that's unnecessary. Like, you know, small wins are huge wins. They're the greatest wins, you know? So it's a step at a time. It's not like, you know, if you're telling me, look, I, I have a terrible phobia, like public speaking phobia. And... I, I don't know, like in my job place, for example, they're pushing me to speak up more in meetings, for, for example. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you like, just go and do it, right? Because yeah. it's yeah. like, I mean, there's a bunch of things going on. So first, try to work on that. Go to therapy. <laughs> you know, like there's some dipshit going on there that you need to solve before you start, yeah. you know, like acting. And then just Think small, small things like, okay, today I'm, I'm going to introduce myself, even if they don't ask me to. And that's the only thing I'm going to say in that meeting. It doesn't matter. And that's a great start. And I love that. yeah, like breaking it down, breaking it yeah, down. Yeah, breaking it, it down. Doesn't, it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It doesn't, you don't have to, like, let's use me as an example. Okay. I, one of the things that I am so insecure about is, and if, if you listen to, if anybody listens to well, I'm sure people that listen to this episode listen to the podcast, but I have, I said this in a few episodes ago that one of my biggest insecurities is my legs. They have been for years, okay? And I, this year, and this is going to sound stupid to someone, but I don't care because it's my truth. And this year I want to wear shorts. And I know that sounds so stupid, but I don't, I don't ever wear shorts. And I live in Miami where it's hot as fuck and I want to wear shorts. (laughs) Um, I want to wear dresses. I want to wear like cute little skirts and I don't because I'm too insecure about my legs. And, and that's, again, this is a narrative I've told myself for years and years and years that my legs don't look good enough, that my legs this, that my legs that like, they're never enough, my poor legs. Right. And so, um, it's something that I just have to like literally one day say, fuck it, put on shorts and walk out of the door. Like there's nothing that like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna, you know what I mean? Like, I'm the one that has to, like, take that action. And so, when I was, my therapist and I, we talk about this all the time, and she was like, okay, let's break it down. Like, exactly what you said, let's break it down. What can we do to, like, get there? Because for you, like, for somebody who this might sound stupid to, putting shorts on and leaving your apartment is, like, nothing. For me, that's, like, a nightmare. So, she was like, let's start with, first of all, why don't you buy some shorts you like? Like, buy some shorts that you like, do a little online shopping, check it out, scope it out. Okay, cool. I did that. Then she was like, okay, now put on the shorts around your house. Like, even if you're just alone with Ollie, just, like, put them on one day and just, like, wear them around your house and, like, that's it. And then step three was um, 
to put on the shorts with like a top that I liked and an outfit that I liked and take Ollie outside to the bathroom, to the dog park where it's not like, you know, the whole world can see me. I haven't gotten there yet. So I'm still in step two. So that's why I love that you said like break it down and, and everyone's situation and every, everybody's like confidence journey, I think is going to be so different, but it doesn't have to be something monumental. It can be little, little things that you do every single day. And I think something that people also don't understand or don't like recognize. And I didn't either is like, you're never just going to get there. Like you're never just going to wake up. And maybe some people do, you know, some people I think have like an innate confidence in them. And that's amazing. I didn't have that. Like I work for it, you know, for my, for my case and for anybody who feels like they have to work at being confident or want to get more confident. Like I, it's, you're not just going to wake up one day and be like, I'm the most confident person in the world. Like, I think it's some, it's not like a destination is what I want to say. It's like, it's something that I think you can work at every single day, but I don't think it's like this like end game, you know, like you're going to reach this end game and then that's it. You know, more work has to be done. Like, I think it's a constant thing of like putting in the work every single day, you know? Exactly. And you could be very confident doing X thing and lack a lot of confidence doing another thing so right it'll always totally. be it'll always be a work in progress it's i mean for sure it's gonna be a totally. work in progress always 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 and something that something that you mentioned there you mentioned a lot like these um upbringing and you know like why do you think what you think because yeah we we always say like well this is how i think and, and it's my responsibility but matter of fact is that we live we live in a society and we live in a society that imposes how how we have to look how we have to walk yes. how we have to talk especially for girls i mean for women yes that's very yes. hard for women and yes. like they have we have a very raised bar to live up to right so it's it's very it's very difficult and when i said go to therapy and figure out what's happening a lot of it is that understanding oh, why you're 100%. telling the story that you're telling to yourself because it's not 100%. you didn't make up that story by yourself like right. it comes from right. somewhere right you learned it somewhere you learned it yeah. somewhere and, and and that that was that was a such a big conversation when i first started seeing my therapist because when i first went to therapy i needed help with an eating disorder like that was my first thing and we obviously unpacked so many different things and you know she was like well I need to I want to learn like where you picked up these mindsets from because I don't you know after after we talked about how how my family raised me and I had a beautiful up, upbringing like I feel so lucky that I can say that like my parents were and are amazing um and I was never like told that I had to look a certain way or that my body look had to look a certain way like that was never something that that my parents like gave to me, you know, but I learned these things online. Like when I saw different bodies or actually the same body that was the only body that was shown online before. Now, thankfully we have more body diversity, but before when I was like 17, 18, which is when I started becoming more aware of like my body and like what it quote unquote should look like, whatever. I started teaching myself these things by myself and I started telling myself like, oh, I don't look like that. Therefore, I'm not enough. Oh, I don't do this. Therefore, I'm not enough. And so I picked up these like mindsets and these narratives and it destroyed my self-worth, honestly, for years, um, destroyed my confidence, 
had an eating disorder, ruined my relationship with food, with exercise. And those are all things that I'm rebuilding now, you know? And so I think I love that you brought that up because I think it's, you know, so much of, I think we need to be kind to ourselves because so many of the things that we learn, it's because of, it's like a product of our society is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. It's super interesting because you're touching like upon a lot of things that I have planned to talk about later on. But like, for example, this, you know, being kinder to yourself. That's one of the, I mean, you need that to be a confident person. Because when you're confident and you're acting, you will fail. You will. And you have to be very Mm self-compassionate because if not, you won't take a chance later on, right? Yeah. You have to be self-compassionate. So that's, and and we're going to talk about these because they're, well, probably this is a perfect segue to start talking about these because there's a lot of things that look like confidence that are not confidence, but are super related to confidence. So for example, self-esteem, self-efficacy, optimism, being kinder to yourself, right? And all of these, like, you would think that someone that has a very high self-esteem is a very confident person, but not necessarily because self-esteem is just, it's just a judgment of character, right? It's that I'm happy with who I am, period. But it doesn't drive you to to action. Confidence does, right? You feel confident, you act, right? So that's the main difference, but it's a great, like, it's a great thing to to have, right? For sure, if you, for if sure. You have, if you have a good, like, self-assurance and you have a good self-esteem, it'll make your life easier. And then, right, like, optimism, just expecting the best outcome possible, right? The same, super important. It'll be much easier to start acting if you are an optimist person, right? If you think that everything's black and that everything's going to be a mess, it'll be harder to feel confident and act, right? You know what's hard? Um, I try to be super optimistic. I try to be upbeat. I try to be positive. Like, truly, I make an effort to be like that. And I think that's just because honestly because of my mom like she's such a beautifully happy person and just very just like radiates always such a good energy and so when I was growing up I was always like I want to do that for people too you know that's not to say that I don't have shitty days and that I some days I'm like you know a mess for sure but for the most part like I try to be very very positive and always just like I always just think about like that things happen for a reason I firmly believe that sometimes however when I'm trying to be optimistic um, I have a lot of anxiety. And so that makes it so hard because you know when you have anxiety that, you know, half half the time your anxiety is telling you that the worst case scenario is going to happen in every situation, right? And so, and I, and a lot of my, a lot of the people that listen to the podcast, I talk about anxiety a lot and a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I struggle with this too. So what would you say to somebody who, you know, has anxious tendencies and is trying to be more optimistic and their but their anxiety is always kind of telling them like oh be careful be careful like you know the worst worst case thing like the worst case scenario might happen because that happens all the time i just think that right now everyone's trying to tell us like stay positive all the time and that's not realistic i mean so that's that's the first thing recognize that you will have shitty days 
and yeah. uh, and and probably not only days. You could have shitty months, shitty years. You know. And it's okay. And it's okay. And it's okay. And I just think it's so. It defeats the purpose trying to just conceal all these negative feelings and you know like self-imposed that you have to be happy all the time and positive all the time. I would be extremely anxious. Like it's it's a it's a huge a lot pressure. Of pressure. It's, it's a, a, lot a of huge pressure. pressure. Yeah. 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 So just acknowledge your feelings, good and bad. Let them come and learn from them, right? And uh, just do that you don't have to be positive a hundred percent of the time you know it's it's easier it's easier to achieve something if you try to be like in a positive mindset mindset yeah it's it's like if you you know there's a lot of studies here or a, a lot of a bunch of research that if you come into a test with a positive mindset let's say you heard your favorite song on the radio or whatever and you come like with that frame that mind frame you will perform a lot better in your test so better positivity yeah. is good like having a positive mindset is good but you don't have to feel pressured to be positive a hundred percent of the time that's impossible yeah. like if you yeah. like please tell me who can do that because i'm no, sure nobody like that would be like a case study because it's i mean <laughs> it's impossible you can't be positive all the time so yeah just embrace your feelings acknowledge them and learn from them that's very important like what is this anger trying to tell me what is this sadness trying to tell me and and embrace it when you're happy as well right for sure for sure if you like if you try to whatever you try to restrict to restrict will bite you in the ass afterwards yeah it's gonna come back oh yeah it's gonna come back so let this feelings come and just embrace them and I think every feeling we have, and again, I've learned this through therapy. I recommend therapy to everyone like you. Like it's just, and I know, I know that's not accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish it were because I truly think the world should would be, be such a beautiful, like a way more beautiful place if everybody had accessibility to therapy. Oh, that's what I learned is that I have to be curious about my feelings because I think every feeling is telling you something and every single one of them, no matter what it is. And we all, we only like to acknowledge the good ones and we never want to deal with our shitty feelings. And that's fine. That will, I, I always say this, like, if you don't want to acknowledge your shitty feelings, cause I've done that before, you just suppress and suppress and suppress. Cool. That's fine. It's going to come back and it's going to be 10 times worse. And instead of not dealing with it, I think, you know, I think it's just there's so much value in at least being curious. Like, why is this sadness coming up? Why are you feeling extra anxious today? Why do you think you're feeling nervous today? Why are you upset? Why are you feeling angry? Like, think about it. Like, literally just give yourself the space to be curious about your feelings. Something else I want to talk about that we had spoken about is nurture versus nature. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, that's very interesting. And you said a while ago that some people just are born confident, right? Yeah. And it's true, completely true. I mean, there's genes, there's brain structure, chemistry. So interesting, yeah. There's people that that are born more confident than others, which doesn't mean that we don't get the chance to work on it. So what you were mentioning before, like I have to work on this every single day. It's a work in progress and it's a lot of work. And, but that's the magic of it, you know, like there's things that we 
I mean, if, I, if I'm born with, I don't know, a crooked nose, probably I can't do anything about it more than, I don't know, go to surgery, right? right. If I don't have right. the money to do that, I, there's nothing I can do. I was yeah. born with that. But this is one of these things that you can work. There's this thing called neuroplasticity. And it's the ability of the brain to change its pathways according to the changes in thoughts that you have. So, and, and something that's very related to neuroplasticity is meditating. So meditating completely rewires your brain. And that's do, fascinating. Do you meditate? Do you meditate? I, tr I try to. Like I, I really, to. I scold myself for not doing it every yeah. single day because I just, I'm so aware of the benefits and whenever I have a streak that I haven't done it, I'm like, why am I so stupid? Like, I know this is good for me. I know this it's is, good for everything, this, basically. This is giving me, this conversation is giving me the push to start meditating. I kind of did it for a little bit, but I just, and I think a lot of people say this, is like, it's it's hard, dude. Like, it's it's hard because... I have, like, five million thoughts in a second. Like, my brain is always like this. And so when you're just sitting in silence, like, I just... And I have really bad anxiety. So it's like, I don't like it. Like, I don't like to just sit there with my thought. Like, it's hard. But I think you're right. I think there's so many benefits to it. And I think it's... I need, I need to do more. I need to do more meditating. Yeah. Anyway, use sorry, Headspace. Continue. Headspace is amazing. That's, yeah, that's like what I use. It's very easy yeah. to use. So yeah. it's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's it's... It's important because it's a way to calm your mind. And mm -hmm. usually, I think, or at least in my case, I used to, like, I started meditating, I don't know, like, probably a year ago. And I think, it, it I mean, that was late in life. I should have done this since I was, like, in school, right? Or yeah. they, they should teach us to meditate. Since they should teach, like, te like why kids. are you teaching me about the Pythagorean theorem, but you're not teaching me about self-love and exactly. confidence? Like... I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> and there's a lot of misconceptions around it, I think. I'm not an expert in meditating, not even close, but I do know that one of the like one of the barriers for meditating is that you think that you have to have a blank mi mind for it to yes. work. And that's, that's not always true. what I thought. That's always what I thought. It's not it's not true at all. It's just one more tool, tool to help you cope and deal with your thoughts. So the mm. thoughts you have to learn for the thoughts to come and go. That's yep. it. So yep. it's not that you have to have a blank mind. It's just you're thinking about something. Okay, you already thought about it. Now move on. Next right. thought, right? Love that. So, Love that. And th that helped me a lot because I would just say, like, I'm so bad at this. I'm so shitty at that's, meditating. That's I what I just No, it. that's exactly. Exactly what I thought is like I was like I, I'm maybe I'm just not meant for meditating because I have so many <laughs> thoughts that I can I that I can never just like keep my my mind blank like that's literally what I was telling you because I that's how I felt I was like well I'm doing this wrong I'm doing this wrong and I think I love that you said that because I'm sure there are people listening that feel the same way or just feel like they can't do it or they're not good at it but I love that you said that because I don't think there's a right way to care for your mind and I think that it's gonna look different for everybody. And some people might be able to, to keep their mind blank when they're meditating. Some people might have 500 thoughts, you know, while they, while they are meditating. And I think just acknowledging that, like, these, all of these tools that we can use to better ourselves, like, it's going to look different for everyone and that's okay, you know? Yeah, yeah, 
start meditating. I and I'll I'll make a commitment to do it myself every single day. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm <laughs> gonna start tomorrow. It. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, it's just misconceptions that we have. I don't know why. Probably some years ago when nobody was meditating, this was what we thought it was, or at least what it what it looked like, right? Like somebody just sat down with their eyes shut and was like, yeah, they're not thinking about anything. They're probably asleep. I don't know. But no, I mean, defi- there's definitely no correct way to meditate, and I'm sure about that. There's a, there's this, I think there's a, I think they talk about this in this podcast from Lori Santos. She Mm -hmm. talks about, it's called the happiness lab. Look for it. She talks about meditation and it's super, super cool. I highly recommend it. So we were talking a little bit about nature versus nurture. So yes, definitely some people are born more confident than others. We already touched a little bit upon it's something that we can work. It takes effort, though. It's not easy. It's not going to come to you easily. People, I want people to hear that when you're saying, when you're saying, like, if you don't feel confident and if you right now don't feel like you're a confident person, there are things that you can do. There are things that you can do and there are things that you can implement into your life every single day to be better, to become more confident. Like, I just want people, I just want to make sure people are listening to this because, I don't know, I think, like you said, too, before, like, there's a lot of pressure and it can be very overwhelming and the whole subject in and of itself can be very overwhelming it's like where do I start what do I do how do I become like it's it can be very overwhelming but I think just like the most beautiful thing to remember is like you can become more confident like you there are tools for you sorry continue yes yes thank you for highlighting that that's very very important and very empowering as well i find it super empowering yeah and then you know we have all the nurture part so you can take this person with the most beautiful confident genes and put that person in a detrimental environment and you will make that person the least confident person in the world so the environment can has the ability to switch on and off your genes, right? Totally. So that's important. Why? Especially for women that we grow up like in this, sorry for the word, but it's a fucked up environment. You know, I, I think it's, it's changing and we're headed in a right direction. direction. Yeah, but for sure. But it's very, very difficult. So ever since we are small kids, they reward us for being quiet, for not being, you know, for avoiding trouble. We don't want to, you know, disappoint anyone. And girls get emotional cues faster than boys. So we learn faster that when we behave, we when we behave well, when we're good girls, we're we get rewarded. rewards, we get attention, yeah. we get the sticker from the teacher and we're the teacher's pet and everybody loves us. And then when you see boys, they're just such a mess. And they're like, you know, they don't raise and their a, hands a, to speak up. They're applauded. It's like they're applauded. And it's like, oh, they're boys just being boys. So it's allowed. So they can be as messy and as loud and they can take up all the space. And it's okay because they're just being boys. But God forbid a girl 
want to do that because it's like, what are you doing? Then she's, then she's loud and she's conceited and she's bragging. And it's like, no, like I, oh, I hate this so much because I, I mean, I grew up with this narrative, like of like, I have to be like perfect little and not in a bad way, like not in a bad way, but I did feel that I needed to act a certain way to like succeed, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That happens a lot. And it it doesn't happen in the in the kindergarten only. It happens in the workplace now that you're an adult, you know? For and sure. It's, For and sure. It, in this book, actually, they talk about this case that it just stuck here because it was this case about this girl that was great at her job and she would do everything she needed to do. She had a, a, an amazing performance and then another guy comes in and he starts like pitching these ideas and the story is told by, by their boss who is actually, it's a, it's a boy, the boss, is, he's a, a man. And he says, like, you know, I love how, let's say that her name was, I don't know, Chris. I love how Chris works. I know she has a great performance. But I know if I had to choose who will succeed here, I would say it's Max. Because Max is coming here and he's super nagging. Like, he doesn't even, you know, knock the door. He just comes in and he's like, hey, I have an idea. And I will just shut down 10 ideas per day for this guy, but I know that someday he'll get it right. And he'll get, you know, he'll have a great idea. But then the girl, this Chris, she doesn't want to bug me. She doesn't want to bother me. So she never comes in. I never hear anything about her. I never hear her proposals, her ideas. And I'm sure it's because she doesn't want to bother me. So if I had to choose who will be successful here, it'll be the guy. And, it's, and this has a lot to do with nurturing and how we are raised so differently, boys and girls, so, so differently. So that's a, an extra effort that we have to make. And the first step is just being conscious about it. You know, like these are the differences and men are go-getters, you know, they just, they don't care. They don't care if they have the, the skills, they don't care if they have what it takes. You know, I, I think I read something about, like, men apply to jobs where they have... Oh, I read, yeah. What is it? Like, it's ridiculous, the difference. Like, women need to well, have the complete checklist, you know? No, I so one of my best friends, um, she said this to me once. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I was telling her that I... It was, I was getting ready for something and I was nervous. And she was like, I need you to have the confidence of a middle-aged white man and that is just the truth because and I also think race plays a huge like race affects this whole conversation so much of course and I think that I find like there's so much validity in that statement because yeah what like white w middle-aged men think they are unstoppable and if a woman sometimes tries to act in that way we are tough and we are bossy and, and unapproachable we are, and, right and these words that if it's so fucked up how if a woman is tough and bossy and bossy and unapproachable she's a bitch but if a man is tough and bossy and unapproachable he's like fuck yeah like 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 ceo status it's so yeah. messed up and i almost like wish i could say this to my younger self too and even not even younger self, but like even me two years ago, like I'm such a different fucking person than I was. Like I 
So before I, I quit my job to work for myself, I managed the social media of a very luxurious comp- um, real estate let's just say it like that, like building. Sorry, I can't speak. I'm so caffeinated that I'm like getting stuck. <laughs> so I managed the social media media of this very beautiful, luxurious building. Okay. And I had to go in to these meetings once a month with the developers of the building and just like the whole staff. And it was very intimidating for me because I felt like I didn't have a place at that table. I felt like I didn't have a seat at that table, even though I was killing it at my job and I was performing super well. They were super happy with me. I knew that I was doing a good job. And this is mean. I'm not trying to sound conceited when I say this. I'm just saying like, I'm admitting that I knew I was doing a good job. And, but even then, even then I would walk into these meetings and just feel like, you know, just like I couldn't say anything. And like, I would only spoke if spoken to I would never like voice my thoughts because I felt like they didn't matter everybody else at the table was older than me and there were a lot of men and I just felt like I can't like I can't shine you know and it's like almost like I felt like I didn't deserve to be there which is so fucked up and once I left and obviously have been doing so much work with myself and on myself, I've realized, like, I'm so annoyed at myself that I, like, let myself, like, dim down. Like, there were so many times when they would ask um, things and have different conversations and so many moments when I had things I wanted to say and things that I wanted to add to the conversation and I wouldn't say it because I was like, no, no, I can't, like, I just, I didn't have the balls. And it's so, like, I just, I don't want anyone to do that. Like, I don't want any woman or any man, I don't want anyone to, like, dim themselves down because they don't feel, like, they deserve to have a seat at whatever table they're at. But I know that's obviously more complex. But yeah, it's so messed up. But that's typical, you know. And yeah. these girls from this book, they talk a lot about it. And they say, like, they're. I think both of them are journalists. And they start the book by saying, in our profession, we get to interview the most powerful women in the world. And a common theme that we've seen come out over and over again is that girls or women don't think they deserve what they have and that they've gotten where where they've gotten because of luck. It's just a streak of luck. It's not because of my skills. It's not because I'm a badass. It's just, oh, I was lucky. And I can, I, I can talk about that from personal experience. When I, when I was interviewing for my, my current job, the interview process is, it's a nightmare. It's like six business cases. I studied wow. psychology. I didn't study business. So yeah. like it was super intimidating. And yeah. when they gave me the job, I was the first thought that came to mind was this has to be a mistake. I mean, why would they choose me? Why? You know, and that's that self-doubt. It's very characteristic from women. So yeah. we like, really I have this. I don't yeah, deserve this. I don't deserve yeah. it. It was it was luck. Or I'm not going to last here a year because they're just going to find out that this was find someone a scam, better. you know, or, or that this was a scam, that I didn't deserve That's this like, job. But so this is also like imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's, I think we have to be very conscious about mm-hmm. those thoughts. I think that try step to one. reframe them, you know? Yeah reframe them because and and i'm sure that there's a lot of these thoughts that we don't even notice right acknowledge it's because it's it's so natural thoughts yeah that they're so so ingrained those are the most dangerous ones 
um, because, again, they feel natural. They feel second nature to you, right? And it's like, that's... So I was talking about this the other day on my Instagram stories, and I was telling people just that, you know, I'm in recovery of an eating disorder, and that's very, very hard because for me personally, I have had diet culture ingrained into my mind for probably like over seven years. And so think about it, like seven years of mindsets, like that's not going to go away in just a year of putting in work. Like it's fucking hard. And the hardest part is catching myself and acknowledging like when I'm having those thoughts and I'm like, oh, wait, wait that's not how I want to think right now. That's something that I would have thought before. And it's like, you're, I'm constantly trying to like rewire and I'm trying to do that with confidence too. And trying to do that with even just like dating and like, and I want to talk about that for a little bit, just because I think it's like, I also have felt many times like I don't deserve you know, when like, let's say, uh, let's say I meet a great guy and he's like beautiful and handsome and, and I'll, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. So I met this guy two years ago. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe like two and a half years ago, three, maybe the most, the sexiest man I've ever laid (laughs) eyes on. Okay. Like, holy fuck. I'll send you a picture after. Please. So hot. No, like you have no idea. So hot. Like if I had to like design my perfect like man, like physically, it will look like him. And <laughs> we went on a date and it was such a good date. Like it was such a good date. We went, we had drinks, we talked for hours. Like he was so beautiful. I couldn't believe it. And when I left the date, instead of being like, oh my gosh, what a great time. Like I just had such a great time. Like I had such a great date. Like he texted me right after he texted me the day after he texted me weeks later. Instead of me thinking like, wow, that was so much fun. I just thought to myself like, why did he go out with me? Like, I don't just, I, he's never going to text me again. Like he, I'm, I, he obviously saw me and thought I wasn't good enough for him and not pretty enough for him. And that's what I convinced myself. And then this guy and the for like a year chased me. And I was like, no, no, like he's only texting me because he's probably bored. He's only texting me because he probably has nobody else. He's probably this, he's probably that. And my friends would be like, bro, like he's been dying to see you. Like, why don't you just go? And I'm like, no, because I know he doesn't like me. Like, and, and to this day, I never saw him. Well, I saw him out actually, but by coincidence, not because like I had agreed to, to like meet up with him. And I completely fucked that by myself because I thought I wasn't worthy of this guy because he was very handsome. Like, it's just, it's so messed up. Like, it's so messed up. And I, to this day, I'm like, ugh, because he was so hot. <laughs> he doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess your, your mind or your brain played you a little oh, trick there. For, and, but that still uh, happens to me. That yeah. still happens to me that I don't feel deserving of things. And it's like, I hate, because, okay, I don't consider myself, I have this, I feel hypocritical because I don't consider myself a superficial person in the sense that I don't care what anyone looks like. I don't judge people based on their appearance. I don't examine people's bodies. I don't like to talk about people's bodies. Like I just, I value so many more things than that, you know? And, and however, okay, but if I'm talking about a guy, like, yeah, I like a guy to be hot. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that for sure. But that's also not the only thing that matters to me. However, when it comes to myself, I'm so, and I know this, you know, so many people can probably relate to this. Like, I'm so hypocritical. I judge myself on my body. I, 
for so long have placed so much of my self-worth on what I look like and I hate that because I don't value those things in other people so I wish I didn't like measure myself in those terms either you get what I'm saying like it's it's such I know this is a whole other um subject but (laughs) no but it's related it's super related it just I just basically let's I let's wrap up this little like segment with like what are some tools that we can say that we can give to somebody who, you know, who their mind might be playing tricks on them and telling them like that they're not deserving of certain things and how we should, especially as women, we should own our strengths and own the things that we like to do and own like our job and not be scared of like being proud of ourselves. I think that's like something that I see all the time is like people never want to be proud of themselves and myself too, sometimes it's like we need to hype ourselves up more often and that doesn't make you conceited. It doesn't mean you're bragging. It means you're fucking proud of yourself and I feel like we need to do more of that. I think that one thing that helps a lot is surround yourself with people that's, yes. that, you know, that don't they, don't, they don't care if you're self-aggrandizing. They're happy for you, you know? Yeah. Try yeah. to look for that people. That's going to be key. That's going to be super, so super important. So surround yourself with, with people that feel proud of you and that they're not like, oh, no, she's so, you know, like self-aggrandizing and she's bragging yeah. and whatever. You know, like because we're, if, if that's people so that old have school. those thoughts also, <laughs> for sure. And also it's like people that have those thoughts or if you have friends that think that way or that you feel like are kind of that way, like just know that it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. Like, they are projecting their shit onto you if they can't be proud of you and they can't be proud for you and they can't celebrate with you. Like, I've realized over the years that, like, a lot of our, my, or a lot of our interactions with people, especially negative ones, like, it really has little to do with you and so much to do with what's going on with them. Yeah, we have to learn how not to take things personally and this is an, another huge difference between men and women. We ruminate a lot and we think and overthink a yeah. lot. And it yeah. has a lot to do with our brains. Because if you, yeah. you know, like our brains are very similar, you know, they're more mm-hmm. alike than they are different. But there are differences, right? And uh, for example, us women, we, we have more activity in our prefrontal and that's where reasoning happens so it makes a lot of sense (laughs) that when something happens we just you know we have like all these thoughts coming and we play all like the situation is over and you keep on playing different scenarios like has it ever happened to you that you're like damn it I would have told this person I mean now I know what I would have told them and you play it in your head over and over again Men, they shrug it's it off. The they don't yeah. care. They move they don't on. Care. And yeah. whenever somebody says something to them or something goes wrong, they don't blame it on their skills. They blame it on lack of effort. So yeah. it's just like, well, I didn't put as much effort as I could have, you know? But us girls were like, I'm the worst. I mean, I this is not for me. I'm not good at we're this. So- Period. We're so hard on ourselves. Like we're, we're so hard on ourselves. Unamas. Men don't blame it on their skills. They blame it on lack of effort. We blame it on we blame it 
on lack of skill. So we're super terrible at everything, you know? So we're very hard on ourselves, very, very hard on ourselves. What are some things that you do to be nicer to yourself every day? Ooh, that's a tough one because it's, you know, like I'm a work in progress too. So <laughs> we all are. I think, yeah. I think like we, we could talk about how, because I think it's very related. We could we get into this subject about how can you build confidence? Yeah. Right? Because when you start acting and you start doing things, you start mastering things and you start being nicer to yourself automatically, right? Because yeah. you're like, oh, God, I've become such a badass at this and look how far I've come, right? But you'll never get there if you don't start, if you don't yeah. start acting. So we already talked about taking it step by step, breaking it down, breaking small it down. things. I think that a calmer mind is key. So if this means exercise for you, meditation, connection with people, do it. Because a calmer mind will help you a great deal, right? I think life. we're very, yeah. exactly. And, and yeah. you, you won't be as mean to yourself because you're in control of your thoughts, right? Why are you mean to yourself? You're thinking a bunch of automatic thoughts. So that's another point, right? Identify those thoughts and reframe them. Remember that there's all these neuroplasticity concept. Your brain, your pathways can't change. Yeah. Right. And that's that's where we are aiming to. So right. our brains are malleable so we can it's not going to happen overnight. And I think that's also a nice reminder is just like realize that to become a better you, to become a happier you, to become a kinder you, to become a more confident you like every little, 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 little thing that you do every single day, it will add up no matter how insignificant you think it might be. You know, if, even if it's a 10 minute walk in the morning, even if you wake up 20 minutes earlier just to like chill in bed and that's going to make you happy, like whatever the little things are, they don't have to be huge things. You don't have to wake up and drink celery juice and meditate and do yoga and journal. And like, if you do all those things, amazing. Love awesome. that for you. But you, <laughs> but you don't have to, like, it doesn't have to be so intense. And no just realize that I don't know what I was going to say with that but I basically just like it's not overnight I think that's just something that people we always want the quick fix right we always want everything right now we want everything we want instant gratification we want to see the results of our work immediately and not everything is like that in life unfortunately especially when it's like working on yourself like I have been in therapy for over a year and I'm finally like my therapist has changed my life truly and I've said that once and I'll say that again but I like finally see even just like glimpse of more hope you know and it's like I said this the other day too it's like I'm 28 and I finally feel like I'm tr I'm becoming who I am supposed to be and I'm 28 years old like it, it's gonna happen different for everyone right so it's just like just a reminder like some things take time yeah but don't get discouraged yeah. because every little thing that you do every single day to be kinder to yourself it will pay off it will pay off and you probably won't notice it until for a while exactly and then someday you will just look back and you will say mm -hmm. oh my god oh my so gosh. much yeah. has changed and i yeah, didn't even notice because yeah, you know it's... 
you don't notice, but it's you have to be patient. But there's a lot of things we can do to yeah. build that confidence. One of the things that one of the things that I love, and it's very it's I don't I used to not love it. <laughs> I used to hate it, but it's something that we do a lot where I work. So I've had to learn how, like how to live with it and how to take it. Ask for feedback. Always mm, ask for so feedback. So good. We're so afraid of feedback yes, and we don't it's like very criticism. difficult. Yeah, yeah, we don't like we don't like criticism. We have like this terrible fear of failure. Um, right? We don't like to be rejected and we take it as a rejection. Like I'm not good enough. I did a terrible job. But the matter of fact is that it's very hard to improve at something and master something if you're not getting feedback. Yeah. Right? Because you're always going to think that you're doing the best you can. And there's a lot of things that you might see, but there's a whole bunch of things that you you don't see. Yeah. And it's very valuable, you know, from people that know a lot about whatever you're trying to work or people that don't know anything at all. It's different perspectives and you want to sink all of that in. So asking for feedback, trying to fail fast. So... This is also something that we do a lot where I work. It's like if you, because I was super nervous when I started working, right? And it was a lot of pressure talking to very important people all over the world. And I was like this new little bunny that didn't know anything about this. I was coming from a market research company, knew nothing about organizations, right? And the first thing that they told me was fail fast, fail fast it's easier to reroute and to yes, you learn. course correct. Yes. Course correct. But don't, you know, like if, if something's going on, don't let it become a big thing. Just say it like, hey, I fucked up with this and do it fast and yeah. learn from that mistake and move, move on, move on. Don't yeah. do on things. It's very hard for us women to not do on things. Know. It's very, I very know. hard, but we have to that's why med- meditating is so important, right? Because it'll help us keep that mind a little bit... Calm. Calm, yeah, calmer. <laughs> With luck, you know? But yeah. for some people, I guess it, it it's not that way. But research says it helps. So for most people, it has to work. So Guys, we're, we're all starting meditation tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please, please, I will, I will. And then another thing is switch switching from me to we. So we, women thrive on we, right? We are very people caring, you know, so. Collaborative, when we're, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So whenever, whenever we're thinking about something that, I don't know, that makes you nervous at, at work or whatever, it's not. When you, when you see, when you catch yourself with these thousands of thousands of thoughts about what could go wrong and, you know, everything that you could fail at, start thinking about how what you're doing is going to benefit a larger group of people. So if you're nervous, for example, in my case, that we are helping, I don't know, organizations with their health, right? I'm super nervous because I'm going to present the results to the CEO. So I'm thinking about everything that could go wrong, right? Give a wrong definition or I don't know, whatever. Have a wrong number in the presentation because I didn't quality check it. And that's, you know, 
That's like my worst nightmare. Being in a meeting <laughs> and for someone to tell me like, hey, that number wrong. doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. Start yeah. thinking about how that presentation and that information is going to help, I don't know, thousands of people in that organization, you know? So it, it, like, it just switches everything from yourself to a larger group and it's just much easier, yeah. you know? So thinking from, from that. me, yeah, from me to we, that's, that's very, that's very nice. And we have to start taking risks. We hate risks because we have this terrible fear of rejection, being rejected yes. and, and oh. failing. And I know that that, I mean, that is more complicated than it sounds. And it's something that we have to work a lot. Specific, like, especially in therapy, that's one of the things that I work the most, which is like, yeah. okay, why am I so afraid to fail? We are human, you know, we fail, period. We're supposed to fail, yeah. We're supposed to fail. How the heck, is, how, how would you learn if you don't fail? Yeah. You, have to, yeah. you have to make mistakes to actually learn and become better at doing something. So lose, lose that fear, you know, like in whatever ways you think will work for you. If it's therapy, if it's putting yourself out there more often, but we have to start taking more risks because men are doing it. So yes, there's a lot of systemic shit going on that, yeah, lo lots of inequality yeah. and lots of awful things, but there's also a lot of things that we do as women that don't favor us and that, that are detrimental. So if we don't speak up, that guy is gonna do it. And yes. you know, you, you can be, you can rest assured he will. Yeah. So try to, try to act. That is confidence in the end, you know, acting. Doesn't matter if you say something stupid, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we tend to think that people are thinking so much about us and that is not the case at all it's so Everyone funny like is... we think we're so important like yeah. and i'm not saying i'm not and saying we're, we're not, not. <laughs> but we think everybody's watching our every move it's like when my therapist i told her i'm like i could never put shorts on and go into starbucks because in my head every single person there is going to be looking at my legs and thinking, oh my God, Lisa's wearing shorts. And it's like, no one cares about my legs. <laughs> and no one knows. No you one know, cares. Like, really? Right. No, no one, one cares. They don't like shorts. So. Right. But it's, it's like, like, we are so, sometimes we're very self-centered and um, we think that, you know, that everybody's concerned about us. And, and the reality is just how you're so concerned with yourself, that person next to you is probably just as concerned with themselves. Like, it's just exactly. what we have to remember. That's what we have to remember. Yeah. And I love that you said to fail often because I just wanted to add to that, that like, think about it. Like, literally think about it. The biggest, at least personally, like the most impactful moments of my life when I've actually seen change in different capacities have been when something went wrong. Like, you, you're not going to grow from, like, something, everything going perfect. Like, how, how is that growth? Like, you're not growing. You're just kind of, like, sailing along. But, like, when things go wrong, when you fuck up, when you make a mistake, when someone hurts you, when something happens in your life, whatever it is, that's when you grow. Like, it sucks, but that's when you grow. So, it's just kind of, like, I try to take the good out of 
any situation because like, especially if it's shitty, like what am I going to do? You know, like I've been through a lot in my life and that's been one of the things that has helped me is just like having perspective and thinking like, okay, well that sucked, but like, what can I take from this? You know? And I think more often than not, every shitty situation just helps you grow in some way. So I love the feeling fast part. And and you talked about this in the very beginning. You said that for you, confidence is a mindset. It's a growth mindset. Yeah. So, and what is a growth mindset? It's willing to take risks and fail yeah. and learn from that and grow from that, you know? So it is definitely a mindset, you know? It's acting upon things. It's having this growth mindset, losing that fear of failure of what people might think. You know, people are not, are not paying attention to you. We are not that important, right? Yeah. So yeah. just trying to get that, get out of your mind. Like to, to, in order to be able to become a more confident person, sometimes people just say like, you know, think about confidence or, you know, what are you thinking right now? And what, no, you have to get out of your mind and act and stop giving importance to all these terrible thoughts. You know, stop seeking for perfection because nobody is perfect and nobody will yeah, ever nobody. be perfect ever. So stop seeking for perfection. We tend as women to think that we don't, we can't do something if we are not the best at it. Yes. And that's a terrible mistake because it, it holds you back. Yeah. It holds you back and it, it, you just, I mean, you miss out on so many you things. You miss out that's what it is. You miss it's, out. No, you miss out. Like you put, you put your life on, like I've done this for so long. It's like, I put my life on pause because I didn't think that I deserved to like experience so many different things because of the way I looked. Like it's so crazy and it's sad, honestly. Like it makes me sad now that I'm like, fuck, like so many things that I missed out on because I didn't think I was good enough. So many things I said no to because I didn't think I was good enough or so many like years and years and years that I wanted to start Instagram and start, you know, a podcast, whatever it might be. And I was like, nope, I'm not ready yet. I'm not good enough yet. I don't, I I don't have it all figured out yet. You're never going to fucking have it all figured out. No. Do you think I've ever been in a podcast? I have no idea what I'm doing right now, but it's been great. (laughs) It's been a great great. experience. So, you know, you don't, you don't want to miss out on those things. Yeah. And then the last point is we tend to look, I mean, praise is awesome. We all like to be praised, right? We all like the pat in the back. You did great, great job, whatever. And that's very important. It's very motivating. But your confidence cannot be built on that. that. You can't depend on that because that they can take it away from you and it's not stable. You want it to come from within, right? You don't want, don't depend on praise. And I think this is, this has to do with a lot of things we do. Like you've talked a lot about, uh, you know, eating disorders and body image issues, right? And I think that a great part of that is we we want to get that praise, right? Wow, you look amazing. Wow, you lost yeah. you lost weight. You did great. How did you do that? You're the best. And it's just like, if you, if you don't believe it, if you're not doing it for yourself, it's, it, it's yeah. going to be meaningless. It's useless. No, it, exactly. It's, it's meaningless. It will, it won't fulfill you. It won't fulfill it's you. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. Right. 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 Cause then you, you can, you can gain the, that weight back and the praise 
will the praises will stop coming and then what happens to your confidence right right so it's just that's very very fleeting so you want some praise praise is good but you don't want it to be the entire foundation for your confidence it has to be from yeah it's just dangerous it's dangerous also to expect somebody else to be fulfilling parts of you and your confidence because then you're always going to be looking for it externally and that's really hard and that's like you said it's fleeting it's not always going to be consistent whereas if you know that you're the one who's providing it for yourself and you're the one that's working on it for yourself like you know like okay well right now I need to take care of myself more okay right now I need this I need that I'm going to give it to myself and that's hard like for me that's really hard and it's something I work on every single day honestly yeah yeah it's super super hard and I think it's it just has a lot to do with how we've been raised brought up in the environment that we totally grew up I mean people that we relate to it's, it's oh yeah very, there's so many hard. things it, there's so many things that there's so many affect things. why mm-hmm. we are the way we are and why we think the way we think but I love there's so many incredible takeaways in this episode and I just want people to remember that like there are luckily like luckily like you said there are things that we can do to become nicer to ourselves to become more confident and to stop holding back and to go after the shit that we want to do and do it shamelessly and not be afraid to speak up and not be afraid to raise our hand and not be afraid to go for that job and I think you know I my favorite thing honestly is like have the confidence of a middle-aged white man like please everybody live That's your life right in point yeah live your life like you're a middle-aged so white man points. named jerry okay that is who we are channeling <laughs> moving forward but yeah this sure. this was this was incredible like thank you so much for everything that you shared with us because i just think this is going to help so many people and myself i feel inspired right now i feel re-inspired i'm gonna start meditating and Hell i'm going yes, to me too. Con- continue <laughs> just like continue showing up for myself finally and not holding back and maybe I'll put on shorts tomorrow and walk around my apartment <laughs> love it absolutely love it yeah thank you so much Andy where, where can people find you, you if they want to come say hi um my Instagram um we'll link it. it so yes you can link I'll link it. it yeah okay I could I could start posting more psychology things so. yes you should <laughs> I'm actually working I I have like this project I want to create like these journals and oh have gosh. like a purpose journal a self-esteem journal do a confidence it journal. I love yeah, journal I'm journaling like, is like my one of my favorite things to do every day I don't do it every yeah, day, but I it's one of my it. favorite things. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like, you should For me, do it. it was super helpful. Super helpful, Same. especially when I was... Because I, I quit my job in market research and I was kind of lost. I had no idea what I wanted because I went to... Like, I got a master's degree in consumer psychology and market research. And then I went into market research and I was like, oh shit, I don't like this. <laughs> like, yeah. how do I move forward? You know, like I didn't even yeah. know where to look for a job. I didn't even know what I liked, what I wanted. And it was, it, it was, a, it was not like my best period in like in my life, to be honest. And then I started looking for a job like one year later, cause I was like, oh my God, like I had all this pressure, like it's, it's been a year and I have no freaking yeah. idea of what I want to do. Right. And when I got this job, it just felt so big for me. You know, I was like, oh my God, this is too much. 
and I I bought a journal when I went to visit uh, my sisters when I met you and that was like the first time that I started journaling journaling is great as well like to identify your negative automatic thoughts that we yes. talked about that yes. right because if not yeah. it's very like if you ask me tomorrow I won't remember what I thought today right so for sure for sure journal that's that's another one that i highly recommend journal out those thoughts and journal how you will reframe them and that would be super helpful yeah this was so nice thanks for having me thank you so much i love this so much and i hope everybody i hope everyone can take something from this and take what you need and go be a badass bitch and have the confidence of a middle-aged white man and meditate okay that's what we're all gonna do (laughs) yeah Love it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.